Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey. Stony Brook Southampton Hospital announced this week that it has hired a new chief administrative officer, Emily Mastaler. That's M-A-S-T-A-L-E-R. After a lengthy search to replace Robert Challoner, who was the hospital's top administrator for 16 years before leaving last year. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that Mass Taylor is currently the president and CEO of River Hospital, a rural health care provider upstate, which she has led since 2019. She will take over Stony Brook Southampton Hospital on May 20th. Prior to River Hospital, Master was Chief Operating Officer of Healthcare and Rehabilitation Services of Southeastern Vermont from 2014 to 2019, where she had previously worked in clinical care. I am truly honored for the incredible opportunity to join the Stony Brook Medicine and Stony Brook Southampton Hospital team, Mass Taylor said in a statement released by the hospital this past Wednesday. I am strongly aligned with their unyielding commitment to the sustainability of exceptional health care within a diverse community. It is clear Stony Brook Medicine has elevated the well-being of the East End communities, and I am thrilled to advance this mission in strong collaboration with our community partners, staff, and patients. Mass Taylor holds a Master of Business Administration from Northeastern University, a Master of Arts in Psychology from Antioch University, and her bachelor's degree in psychology from Elmira College. A standing room only crowd packed the Riverhead Town Hall meeting. Uh, it was at the Riverhead Town Hall board meeting room Wednesday night to voice their opinions for and against the Riverhead Charter School's plans for a high school on Sound Avenue, Northville. Alec Lewis reports on RiverheadLocal.com that more than 50 people spoke at the meeting and dozens more cheered in the audience as the crowd urged the town board to approve or reject the special permit necessary to build the school along the state-designated scenic and historic corridor located in a zoning use district that limits non-agricultural development. Although the Riverhead Town Board was not scheduled to take any action on an expansion, the charter school has yet to even submit a formal application. The issue has already galvanized both sides of a contentious debate that touches a wide range of issues, including farmland preservation, property values, and educational opportunity. The crowd for the meeting overflowed into the lobby of the Riverhead Town Hall. The comments on the charter school alone lasted two and a half hours. The town of Southampton is seeking public input following a recent design study presentation before the Southampton Town Board by the firm Historical Concepts, focused on the downtown business district and Hampton Bays. Tom Gogola reports on 27East.com that the survey is open through February 29th and follows several meetings held in January between town officials and Historical Concepts and various Hampton Bays organizations including the Hampton Bay Civic Association, the Hampton Bay's Chamber of Commerce, and the Hampton Bay Citizens Advisory Committee. Residents are encouraged to take the Hampton Bay's Conceptual Design Survey at southhamptontownny.gov. 
a Southampton landscaping business at 720 North Sea Road in Southampton, has been ordered to pay more than $1.1 million in back wages, damages, and penalties after federal investigators found the company failed to pay workers overtime. Victor Ocasio reports on Newsday.com that Dario's Landscaping and Masonry, Inc., which does business as Dario's Landscaping, failed to pay 54 workers overtime pay over a three-year period, according to the U.S. Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division. Dario's employed the workers under the H-2B visa program, which allows businesses with temporary or seasonal needs to hire foreign workers for non-agricultural work on a short-term basis. The company also violated provisions of the visa program by interfering with the investigation, the Labor Department found. We have worked diligently with the Department of Labor to ensure that our hardworking employees are paid the proper wages to which they were entitled, company owner Ruben Dario Gracia said in a statement sent to Newsday on Wednesday. While some unintentional mistakes were made, we have taken steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Dario Gracia said. The company violated the Fair Labor Standards Act by not paying workers overtime and by providing false documentation to division investigators, quote, to attempt covering up wage violations, the Labor Department said in a news release. More than 85% of union nurses and healthcare workers at Peconic Bay Medical Center in Riverhead and Long Island Jewish Hospital in Valley Stream voted to ratify new contracts with Northwell Health this week, avoiding a strike that New York State Nurses Association members had planned to begin February 21st. Nesna said the new three-year contracts improve safe staffing standards and wages, the key demands of Nesna members at both Northwell facilities. Beth Young of East End Beacon reports that, according to the union, the Peconic Pay Medical Center, the PBMC contract, in effect January 1, 2024, to December 31, 2026, achieves improvements to safe staffing standards, average wage increases of 18 to 20 percent over three years, depending on experience and job title, and a greater voice in epidemic and pandemic preparation and safety, including participation in the Infection Prevention Committee. NISNA, New York State Nurses Association, represents approximately 300 registered nurses at LIJ Valley Stream and approximately 400 RNs at PBMC. The South Hold Peconic Civic Association hosts an informational meeting tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the South Hold Recreation Center at 970 Peconic Lane to hear from developers Rhoda Smith of Housing Initiatives, LLC, and David Gallo of Georgica Green Ventures on their plans for Peconic Point Homes on Carroll Avenue in Peconic. South Hold Town owns the property, which it agreed to sell to Georgica Green Ventures for $500,000 in December of 2023, pending approval of the project by South Hold Town's land use boards. The proposal details a neighborhood of eight single-story buildings with four cottage-style attached homes in each building. That meeting's tomorrow at 10 a.m. at South Hold Recreation Center. 
The town of Riverhead wants more public input on a plan to ease its zoning restrictions for recreational pot dispensaries before voting on the measure. Tara Smith reports on Newsday.com that the proposal would increase the number of eligible sites from 5 to 144 by removing a 1,000-foot distance requirement from homes only along commercial corridors. Current zoning requires the shops to be 1,000 feet away from residences. Potential applicants said at a hearing Wednesday that it still leaves them with too few options. Two Riverhead Town board members agreed, suggesting the town follow state zoning guidelines instead of stricter local ones established in 2022. State guidelines say dispensaries cannot be on the same road and within 500 feet of school grounds. It also recommends a 1,000 feet distance between dispensaries for towns like Riverhead that have more than 20,000 residents. More than a dozen applicants want to open dispensaries in Riverhead, but the town has rejected nearly all of them because they are too close to homes. That requirement wiped out many shopping centers on Route 58, the town's main commercial hub since many abut residential neighborhoods. The Riverhead Town Board could vote as early as March 5th after a written comment period closes March 1st. Supervisor Tim Hubbard said delaying dispensaries from opening means a staggering loss of tax dollars. Towns get 3% of revenue from recreational cannabis shops. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.